0: The Grasshoppers and the Ants, Elucidating the Fable, June 1st, 2010 Fables seek to illuminate reality. The goal of the one I told last week concerning the grasshoppers and the ants was to provide a simplified account of the world economy. Today I wish to address two questions. Who benefits from the trade flows between import surplus grasshoppers and export surplus ants? And can the two coexist fruitfully? First, who benefits? My colleague Robin Harding raised this question in response to my advice to ants. If you want to accumulate enduring wealth, do not lend to grasshoppers. He asked, what about the gains for the grasshoppers? The traditional answer is that both sides should gain from any voluntary exchange. That includes these intertemporal exchanges in which ants offer goods to grasshoppers now in return for future repayment. Yet this assumes that the decisions are well informed, markets are flexible, and contracts are enforced. None of these assumptions seems all that plausible. A reason people may not make informed decisions is, readers argue, that what some call locusts or financial capitalists fool both the grasshoppers and the ants. At best, agency and information problems in financial markets make it hard for ants or grasshoppers to understand what is going on. At worst, locusts use their wealth and knowledge to rig the game to their advantage. Financial markets are certainly subject to cycles of euphoria and panic. A big role is played by the property market. In good times, rising land prices provide collateral for leverage and an incentive for risk-taking. In bad times, a collapse in land prices may lead to mass bankruptcy and threaten to destroy leveraged financial institutions. Some economists question whether the benefits of trade in goods and services apply to trade in finance at all. Jagdish Bhagwati of Columbia University wrote a famous article on these lines in the wake of the Asian financial crisis Of 1997 to 98, in this he decried what he called the Wall Street Treasury complex. In sum, we cannot assume that cross-border finance allows ants and grasshoppers to make wise decisions about the timing of lending and spending. Ants are likely to find that their funds have been consumed or invested in production of non-tradable assets such as housing. They are also likely to find it hard indeed to extract repayment from grasshopper colonies. True, inside the Eurozone, powerful ant nations may be able to put the countries in trouble under central control, though even that would only be possible with the smaller countries. But the equivalent would be impossible vis-à-vis the US, the biggest net debtor. The implication seems to be that grasshoppers should at least benefit from an inflow of often unrequited resources. But that assumption is unwarranted if the outcome is unsustainable levels of consumption and underinvestment in capacity to produce tradable goods and services. The economic collapse when inflows of capital halt can be very painful, even more so if a fixed exchange rate or currency union demands a period of falling nominal wages and prices. That in turn tends to raise the real value of debt, worsening the plight of the grossly over-indebted grasshoppers. In all, large-scale net flows of debt finance from ants to grasshoppers seem unlikely to do either side much good. Ants, it is true, do build up their productive capacity, but they also accumulate poor quality assets and become dependent on what may well prove to be unsustainable grasshopper demand. The economies of grasshopper colonies, in turn, come to depend on unsustainable capital inflows and excessive consumption. And when the glorious party ends, both sides end up with big headaches. This leads to the next question. Is there a way to ensure that ants and grasshoppers coexist and cooperate harmoniously? A part of the answer must be to reduce the instability of financial markets. This is the focus of the debate on regulation, a topic I have discussed previously. I would add just two points here. First... Seek to reduce the extremes of the property cycle by taxing the rental value of land. Second, remove incentives for leverage from the tax code. Yet the biggest single problem of the global system, in my view, is the attempt by ants to provide so much vendor finance to grasshoppers. In the end, both ants and grasshoppers have ended up disappointed. A more productive use of the surplus savings and productive capacity of ageing ants' nests will be to lend to younger ones. So finance should flow to emerging countries in general and fixed investment in emerging countries in particular. It is in the latter that the best opportunities for new investment should now exist. It is the latter that are also most likely to generate the ability to service and repay the loans they have received. This seemingly sensible proposition runs up against two huge difficulties. The first is that almost every attempt to generate large net flows of capital to emerging countries over the past three decades has ended up in a financial crisis. The second is that as a result the emerging world has on the whole, decided to run current account surpluses and recycle those surpluses into ever-larger foreign exchange reserves. In 2010, for example, according to the International Monetary Fund, the current account surplus of emerging countries will be $420 billion with an accumulation of reserves of $630 billion. Thus, in aggregate, emerging countries are recycling current account surpluses plus the net private capital inflow into reserves. Nearly all of these surpluses are generated by emerging Asia in general and China in particular, though these countries also have the best investment opportunities. So long as this remains true, the grasshopper colonies of the developed world are likely to remain net recipients of capital, which they will surely continue to waste. Yet under the pressure of the crisis itself, many erstwhile grasshopper colonies are being forced to become more ant-like. If today's rich ant nests do not change their behavior, potential surpluses will be huge. Either the emerging world as a whole will start to absorb these surpluses into potentially productive younger nests, or the world will be stuck in a demand trap with everybody seeking export surpluses. Flows of finance from export-driven ant nests to advanced grasshopper colonies end in tears. Flows of finance from old ant nests to young ones have not worked out either. If a way is not found to fix these failures, the open global economy itself may disappear.